Today we interview Coach Carlito Labarda Jr., head coach of the Eastern Oregon Mounties located in La Grande, Oregon. Coach Labarda is entering his third season. His team went 500 last year at 15 and 15. In the phone call, we inadvertently mentioned it was Coach Labarda's second season. He'll be entering his third season at Eastern Oregon. Eastern Oregon is located about four hours up I-84 from Portland up the Columbia River Gorge. I've made the drive many times and attended several games at Eastern Oregon, and it is a wild place to watch a ball game. I hope you enjoy our discussion with Coach Labarda. We'll begin in 30 seconds. Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D. Join us on Twitter, at Cascade Hoop Talk, and on Facebook, Cascade Hoops Talk. Today we have Coach Carlito Labarda, Jr., head coach of the Eastern Oregon University Mounties. They're located in La Grande, Oregon. Coach Labarda is entering his second season after guiding the Mounties to a 15-15 mark last season. Prior to arriving at Eastern, Coach Labarda served as the main assistant under head coach Dr. Carson Cunningham at Carroll College. At Carroll, he helped guide the Saints to a 79-45 record over a four-year span, which included consecutive NAI Division I quarterfinal appearances. Coach Labarda began his coaching journey at Purdue University, serving as a student assistant from 94 to 99, where he worked under Hall of Fame coach Gene Keedy and assistant Bruce Weber, who is the current head coach at Kansas State. After Purdue, Labarda made multiple stops coaching at the high school level, beginning with Lakes High School in Tacoma, Washington from 2001 to 2003. He then moved down the coach to Long Beach, California to become head coach at St. Anthony's High School for two years. Following St. Anthony's, Labarda stayed in the Golden State and coached junior college ball at El Camino College as well as Los Angeles Harbor. A native of San Pedro, California, Labarda is a Purdue graduate with a degree in history. Welcome, Coach Labarda. Oh, so happy to be here. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, and I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Last oh. season, you went 15 and 15, 10 and 8 in conference, and coach. In many ways, it was a what might have been season. Early in the year, you had a big blow. You lost Max McCullough, just one heck of an offensive ball player. Early with a season-ending injury, you were able to ride a offensive juggernaut of Jordan May, and you produced well at home. You had a surprise loss to Multnomah, and you seemed to struggle just a bit on the road. But it still was you were able to manage a ten and eight. So, coach, can you talk about that roller coaster ride last season? Well, you know, uh, at the beginning of the season, you always think, you know, you always hope that you have good chemistry and uh, a good recruiting class uh, coming in. I, and I, I still believe we did have a a good recruiting class, but when you get like six, seven, eight new players, you got to hope chemistry is there. And uh, losing Max McCullough at the beginning of the season was huge for us because he led his previous year in scoring at you know, like 22 points a game. Not only that, that, his IQ, you know, he just tied the team together the previous year, and that was just a huge loss. And I think, you know, that hurt us as far as IQ and uh, team togetherness and team-driven attitude uh, that year. So we had a lot of guys playing their own way, and the chemistry just wasn't there, and I just couldn't figure it out. But hopefully we could change the way this year. So off that team from last year, you had a couple of graduates. Let's talk about them. Peter E.K., he's six foot seven out of Inagu, Nigeria. He played about 10 minutes a game. Could you just say a couple words about Peter? Uh, Peter, you know, he may have not been my best player I've ever coached, but he's one of my favorite players I've ever coached. He's just a, a great guy. He grew up in Nigeria where, you know, it's not very easy. 
So he came here six, seven years ago, and you know, six, seven years later, uh, he had his, he has a degree. He moved to Florida. He's working for like a health, a fitness a company, doing very well, uh, utilizing uh, what he achieved here at Eastern Oregon in a positive manner. Saeed Hersey is still with us as a graduate assistant. He's going to be a, a grade school teacher, and he's doing his teaching credentials uh, as we speak. So um, he's still around, and these two guys are, are doing positive things for the program. I'm so proud of them. They've been nothing but uh, positive uh, people in our program. And, you know, I'll always, they'll be long-life long friends and, and players for me. Oh, I appreciate hearing that. I, that's one thing about the NAI is the student-athletes. They're tru- truly student-athletes. And Saeed, he was uh, from Seattle, Washington. He averaged five points, and he'll be a big addition to you on the bench then this year. He's a great guy. And, you know, our last term, we had a team GPA at 3.51. So, yes, we take academics and, you know, building your, you know, building a life for yourself very serious here uh, in my program and here at Eastern Oregon. So it's good to see two graduates doing positive things outside and after uh, leaving here at Eastern Oregon. So, Coach, you've worked with some real legends. You coach Keedy there at Purdue, Coach Cunningham at Carroll. Uh, Oregon State fans will remember Carson Cunningham, I'm sure. Tell us what mm-hmm. that was like. And, you know, what did you take away from these experiences? You know, I try to teach. If you just don't talk and you listen, you learn more. So, you know, my first four years, I was a student manager. And, you know, Coach Katie didn't allow us to talk. So we had to be at every practice. <laughs> We're the first ones there, the last ones to leave. And I just listened the whole four years. It was probably the most educational uh, basketball ed- education I ever got in my life. I listened to Coach Weber and Coach Katie every day. And, you know, a lot of people who's never been involved in college basketball coaching, they think they know it all. I call those guys ESPN coaches because they get their <laughs> education from TV. But when, you know, you're there day out, and you know, uh, it's, it's unbelievable on the things I had no idea what went on in a program as far as teaching. And so uh, that was great to see. You know, obviously you see the ups and downs. And I was there for Big Ten championships, so I know what it takes. I know I've seen championship teams and chemistry and just hard work are just so important in, in winning games and win, winning championships. And, uh, you know, uh, part of that team was Conzo Mark, who's a good friend of mine. He should have been Big Ten Player of the Year in 94, 95. He's a head coach over at Missouri now. He's doing a great job, and, you know, we keep in contact uh, a lot. So those were some fun times. And, uh, you know, I, I also learned from him from a player's perspective on how to be a leader. And he, he was a great leader at Purdue, one of my favorite players in college. Can you think back to that time as a student assistant? Because, boy, you were under some fantastic tutelage there. Can you think back to that time? And is there a couple of things that takeaways, things that you saw that you said, oh, boy, I didn't know that, and I will never forget that. Right. Well, you know, we're playing Iowa. As a student assistant, I was allowed to be in the coaches' meetings at halftime. I mean, just everyday meetings. It was an unbelievable experience, and I still think Coach Katie to this day because uh, behind the scenes, uh, these guys are so smart. They're so hardworking. They're so loyal, and uh, that's what I pretty much took, took away. But uh, one thing I learned from Coach Katie, I suggested that we – trapped this guy named Wolverich, who was a point guard for Iowa, who was absolutely killing us. <laughs> I said, why don't we just double team him at half court? He goes, have we practiced that? I go, no. He goes, don't ever do anything you, you haven't practiced. And that's one thing that just stood out. Okay. Um, coach Katie always put me in my place, which is, you know, was good to see. You know, I was a 20-something coach that didn't know anything compared to what his knowledge was. So 
Uh, that's one thing that I just don't do anything on the court that we haven't practiced. And no. I'll always, I'll, I always, I take that to the grave, and I <laughs> use that in my everyday coaching. After Purdue, you kind of cut your teeth at the high school level uh, yep. before you went over to community college. Now that you've coached, well, you've coached at multiple levels, right? You uh, have been a head yep. coach in high school. You've been a head coach at the uh, community college level and then at the Cascade Conference now. But can you just mm-hmm. talk about you know, some of the things that are similar and some of the things that are different at each level? Well, the difference from high school to college is that high school, you got to deal with a lot of parents, their idea of who should play, how good their kid is, and how things should be done. Where here, you know, these kids go back to their apartments, to their dorm rooms, and you don't really hear from parents. But it's pretty much the same as far as fundamentals, uh, teaching the game. Obviously, college levels, they're a little more skilled. But that's the biggest difference. As far as um, just basketball, it's pretty much the same. Um, There may be a few rule changes. Like a three-point line is a little closer. Some some schools don't have shot clocks. We didn't have shot clocks, so um, those are probably only the fundamental changes between difference in high school and college. What about the the difference between coaching a high school kid and coaching a college kid? Their mental attitude. I mean, how how different is that? Well, high school they do have a different attitude because they just want to do something productive. They want to hang out with their friends. Uh, now, when you get to the college, most of these guys have been the best player uh, on their high school team, so they expect different things. I don't know if they expect more, but you know, sometimes they expect to be the man when oh. you know they're one of 15 good players, and it's hard for them to accept that they're not the man. And so, you got to kind of manage their egos, uh, you know, and as far as. Uh, not ex- expectations, and that's hard to do sometimes. That's, you know, everyone thinks it's just X's and O's. It's uh, more than that when you teach kids. Uh, you got to learn about their personalities and see how they can adjust to college. So uh, there's a huge difference, especially at the freshman level in college than there is in, in high school. So uh, just managing, uh, you know, personalities is, is huge at the college level. You know, as I talk to coaches around the country, one thing I've heard multiple times is uh, a little bit of the frustration with the lack of knowledge, if you will, of the jump from high school to NAI. Uh, there's still this mindset in many corners around the country that NAI basketball is somehow a second level, second tier, you know, not competitive basketball. Well, I totally disagree with that. I mean, if you saw Georgetown play Carroll last year uh, in the last season in the championship game, they had a lot of Division One players on that team, talent. Uh, there's a lot of talent at the NAIA level. There's a lot of talent in the Cascade Conference. Uh, a few of these players c- could play Division One. It has nothing to do with, with levels, and it's just a knock. And I think that's where AAU basketball, you know, it takes a, a hard a knock, in my opinion, because these AAU coaches are kind of messing it up as far as telling kids that it's Division One NCAA or, or bust. Uh, that's just not the case. So, it's all about the student-athlete experience. You know, I, I recruited a kid named Ryan Imhoff, who was a National Player of the Year at Carroll, and he said he wanted to change it for anything. And, you know, he played against Montana. He scored 25 before fouling out with eight minutes to go. Could have possibly scored 35. He's definitely a Division One player. And I asked him about playing Division One. He goes, Coach, I wouldn't have played Division One because I probably would have been a mediocre player. I probably wouldn't have had a great career like I had. So... 
And that's how I recruit. I go, would you rather play Division One and probably have a mediocre career or maybe not play at all or have a great student-athlete experience here at this level and play a lot and do great things uh, for your school and for yourself? It has nothing to do with levels, and I would just hope coaches, especially at the AAU level, would, would preach that, advice kids to go to a school that's going to fit their needs and their student-athlete experience because, you know, not all D1 schools are, are made for, for all kids. That's right. So, Coach, you've had, as we said, a lot of experience at different levels. You coached with some legends, actually. So what? how would you describe your uh, coaching style? What kind of team do you try to put together? And a way I like to ask this is when people around the Cascade Conference think about Eastern Oregon basketball, what do you want them to think? One and foremost, I want them to play with class, lose, win with class, and I also want them to play hard every game. So that's what I want you know, people around the Cascade that say about my team that we give it everything we've got. Uh, winning and losing, that'll happen if you got a good team. But I'm trying to put a stamp on that as far as just playing hard, and that's what we, you know, we plan to do this year. Got quite a few returners coming back. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Jordan May has left. He's went on and transferred. You're definitely going to miss his production. But to offset that, you do have Max McCullough back. And as you mentioned a moment ago, terrific sophomore season. He redshirted last year with an injury for people who don't know. Max McCullough is 5'11 out of Post Falls, Idaho. As a sophomore, he hit uh, 66 threes and averaged 22 points a game. He'll be playing as a junior this year. He'll be your centerpiece, I imagine, huh, Coach? Well, he'll be up there. I got some other guards that are, you know, uh, just as talented. But Max is uh, the centerpiece in the face of this, this program because he's been here the longest. You know, he's just a terrific kid. I mean, he's so coachable. I hardly ever have to say anything to him at practice. Uh, just encouragement, uh, really. Other than that, he, he, that's how I coach. He understands me. He doesn't let anything bother him. And that's a sign of toughness. And, you know, we talked about toughness at the beginning of the season. On how far, what does it take to break you? You know, I saw a little video with Nick Saban. He preached about, you know, does it take a bad call? Does it take a coach getting on you to break you? Max just doesn't break. And that's uh, a fortitude, a personality that he has. That just great to see, and the guys just like him. Mm-hmm. He's just a great guy, he's an unselfish guy, and but I want him to be even more selfish as far as shooting, and it's just hard for him because he just wants to win so bad, and he tries just tries to do the right thing, and sometimes I think he overpasses when he he should be shooting. So, uh, but he's getting back to he's about eighty percent back. I think in about two or three weeks he'll probably be back back to one hundred percent as far as uh, having left to right movement on his cuts because he did have two surgeries on both of his ankles to remove uh, spurs. So now he just needs his confidence in his cutting and in his moves. And But he's getting there. He's shooting the ball well. Uh, we had an alumni game yesterday, and he looked very, very, very good. He hit a couple of threes, drove it to the basket. So uh, we're very happy with his progress, and uh, people are going to be excited having him back this year. Oh, that's good to see that he'll be back. It would have been a shame to have his career cut short. Uh, right. You have a couple of seniors to uh, blend in with him. Uh, big seven-footer, uh, Jerry Schetzel, out of Mountain View, Idaho, 12.77 rebounds. Uh, he's a seven-foot tough guy for you, is the way I would describe him. What do you, what do you think of uh, Schetzel this year? Jared could be the best big man in the league. It's all up to him, and we've talked about it. He's in the best shape of his life now, which is making him play better. Last year, his best mile time was like a 7.15, 7.20. He ran the mile in 6.30. 
you know, maybe 630 is not good for a lot of people, but for a first seven-footer, that's an excellent time. He shaved like 30, 40 seconds off his mile time, and that's helped him in his conditioning, and he's playing a lot better. And we expect uh, big things from Jarek. He wasn't satisfied on how he played last year. He was kind of inconsistent. I know at Southern Oregon he had a huge uh, game against them. He had like 17 points, 16 rebounds, and eight block shots. And I'm just wondering why he can't do that every game because he has a capability of doing that. So we're trying to get him to that level to where he's more consistent. Hopefully his conditioning will improve his, his play this year. So, yeah, he's he's one of those wild cards. It's, uh, you know, it depends on how he plays and how we do this year. If he plays great, I think we're going to be a great team. If he doesn't, we'll probably be a mediocre team. So, and he knows it, and he doesn't mind the pressure. Uh, and we're going to feed him a lot. And I think that's just kind of open up the uh, the upper perimeter game for people like Max McCullough or Zane Wright, who's a returning sophomore, uh, our best two, two shooters. So, uh, yeah, Jared's going to be a huge, huge uh, piece for us this coming season. And then you have another senior, uh, Landon Jones, six five out of Twin Falls. He's another twelve point seven rebounds last year. He'll be he'll be another key piece for your team this year. Landon is probably our best guild player as far as athleticism, able to do various things. He could score, he could rebound, he could defend. We're just trying to get him. Uh, he's kind of like in a Jarek boat. boat. We do need him to get mentally consistent as far as toughness and playing just consistently every game. I mean, against Multnomah, he had 20 rebounds. And maybe these things are like an omen because once coaches see what you could do, we kind of expect that every game, which is probably not fair, but that's how coaches think. Obviously, he can't get 20 rebounds every game, but I'm thinking he gets 8 to 12 and maybe 15 points a game. He's also in the best shape of his life. He ran a 5.15 mile this year, which is uh, pretty amazing. So we're trying to get him to play at a different level, a higher level, just like Jared. And he's right there with us. And he'll probably be my consistent starting four man this year. Hopefully he produced just as much as Jared can this year. And then you talked a little bit about him already, but a guy who had a great freshman season, Zane Wright, six foot three out of Tillamook. He last season as a freshman, he hit uh, 73 threes, averaged seven points a game. His sophomore season could be a big season for you. Yes. I mean, if Jared has an unbelievable season in the middle, that will follow up with Zane having an incredible sh- season from the perimeter because that will allow Zane to get open shots from, uh, from three. Now, you know, Zane was a walk-on pretty much last year, but he's on scholarship this year. And he played 35 minutes for me against Southern Oregon, which is, was our last game of the season last year. And he played pretty well. It's between him and Max as far as being the best shooter. I would say Zane's a better shooter, but Max might be a better game shooter, if that makes sense. No, I uh, but Zane could absolutely... Uh, shoot the ball. If he could translate how he does it in practice into games, he's going to be another threat from the perimeter that we desperately need to accompany Max so they just don't uh, key up on Max all the time. They're going to have to guard Zane. And obviously, if they have to guard Zane, that'd be one less person off Max. So uh, hopefully, Max, uh, Zane can have a big sophomore season. And uh, he's going to be great for us this year. And he's a great kid, another 3.54.0 student that I just absolutely love as a student athlete here. Yeah, I love to hear about those student athletes. You have yes. a you have a junior, Peter Hamilton. Uh, he's kind of long. He can shoot the three. 67 threes last year, averaged seven points. Uh, how's he going to fit in the mix this year? Well, you know he's a he he you know, he's a breakthrough player for us last year. With you know Max being hurt and we got depleted a, a little at that spot, so I ended up starting most of the year 
Uh, he's a glue guy. He led the league. He led our team in charges, uh, possibly the league. He takes at least two or three charges in the game, which is to me is the best defensive play you can make in basketball, mm-hmm. because not only is it a turnover, it's a personal foul for them, and it fires up the team. And uh, you know, it, it's not a shot. It's not a shot attempt for them. So he, he's an expert at doing that. And Adam, he 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 will be in the mix. I just don't know where. I don't know if I'm going to start him or bring him off the bench, but he accepts his role. And those type of players are hard to come by, people who just accept their role and embrace it. And that's what that's what he does. So he'll do one place in the mix. And um, defensively, uh, he's great. Like I said, he's taking charges. And his perimeter game, he's a perfect uh, stretch four for us where he can stretch the defense because of his perimeter shooting. And, Coach, you have a couple of transfers in the mix as well. You have Josh Brown out of Pasadena, California, along with Jamal Eckert out of Gardenia, California. Yes, Josh Brown, he's a little older, uh, more mature, but unbelievable talent. Uh, he started his career at Texas El Paso, playing for uh, Coach Tim Floyd. Then he transferred to Cal State Dominguez, and it didn't quite work out there. And that was a few years ago, but now he's ready to go. Uh, his, his mind is ready. Uh, he's taking school seriously. And he's an amazing talent. Out of everyone on the team, and maybe possibly the league, this guy may be the most athletic guy around. Uh, when he wants to play, he could dominate. He drives it well, explodes left to right very well, and his ball skills are unbelievable. So we're looking uh, for big things from, from Josh Brown. Not only that, he's a great team guy, too. Um, people just gravitate towards him because of his personality, and that's always a good thing to see off the court. That's going to help you on the court, so... Uh, Josh Brown is. Uh, we're happy to have him, and you know we're, we're you know hoping and expecting for him to do big, big, big things here in the Cascade Conference. And um, he'll introduce himself pretty soon when we play Idaho State next week. And I think he'll he'll be a great addition to uh, what we're trying to accomplish here. So, Coach, you have a you have a good core group of returners. You brought in a couple of transfers. What are going to be the keys for you to have a a good run in the Cascade Conference? Uh, do well in the tournament and hopefully get back to Sioux Falls? To be honest, I think we match up pretty well as far as talent-wise with some of the upper teams like College of Idaho and um, Oregon Tech, and I've been telling my this team this whole preseason that, you know, Oregon Tech, they're unbelievable because they don't always have the best athletic or talented guys, but these guys play with a high IQ. They're very well coached, and they have a system that's just so hard to penetrate and play against. For, in, order, in order for us to... Uh, compete with that we need to play with the same or even higher iq uh, because these guys have been doing it for a lot of years and they do it very well you know i, I like our chances this year same thing with college of idaho uh, college of idaho usually has the best talent uh, but they also play with a great system and you know and they're just tenacious every time and it's hard to win at these places i don't think we've won at oregon tech for over 20 years um, college of idaho that's always a tough place to play so um, as far as talent-wise, I, I think you know we're right up there with them. Now we just got to match it with you know, high IQ play, you know, team-driven basketball, and that's how you, you're going to compete with these two teams. If you don't have team-driven basketball and you don't play as hard or harder than them, you have no chance of beating them at their place, and that's just plain and simple. Um, first of all, you just got to hustle them because if you don't, it's going to be a, it's going to be a long night, which we experienced last season by losing in double digits. You know, we're excited about this season. But we still have a long way to go. You know, like all teams, it's early, and you just gotta clean up on some things. 
Well, Coach, the Cascade Conference this year is going to be tough. You mentioned a couple of the top teams, College of Idaho and Oregon Tech, uh, both mm-hmm. in the Final Four last year. But you also have Southern Oregon bringing back everybody but the kitchen sink. I mean, he's loaded. Warner Pacific has a good core group coming back. Of course, they lost Colin Malcolm, but they've got a couple of great transfers. And you mentioned hard to play. Well, everywhere in the conference, it's hard to play on the road. So I, like you, I'm looking forward to the season to start. I have a little bit more comfortable seat each night than you do. But I think we're all looking forward to that season to start. I look forward to my drive out to Eastern Oregon. I told you off air, I love that drive out there. I love that atmosphere in LeGrand. You have fans that care, and it's always fun to be in there. Uh, So, Coach, we wish you well during the season. Hopefully during the season, maybe we can get you back on, talk about how the the year is progressing. Uh, Yes, uh, great to be on your show. And you need to come say hi to me when you uh, arrive here in uh, LeGrand. Uh, hopefully I can, I'll bring you a great sandwich from one of my favorite sandwich shops. I'll bring it to the game so you can eat a pregame meal. Before the game. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> hey, Coach, I really enjoyed speaking to you. Thank you very much. I look forward to speaking to you again. If I don't speak to you before, I'll, well, I'll def- either way, I'll introduce myself either at Eastern or in Klamath Falls. You got it. All right. Okay. Thank you, Coach. Take care. I, Thank you. Okay. All right.